Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. The reason why I believe this is so important that we hear what they're happening and all of our partners that are watching around the world is our concern is the further we get away from October 7th, the more we'll forget the horror of what happened. Now, Katie came out to me and my daughter Katie and said, let me, uh, maybe we should give you a little bit of a warning if you have children here. Now, we're not gonna be graphic in this, but what happened on October 7th is more brutal than anything we've seen on television here. Uh, last week, we uh, went to, the government of Israel asked me to host a meeting at the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., and we showed the 47-minute video. When Ron Dermer, when Ambassador Ron Dermer asked me to show this, he said, would you show this to leaders from America? Um, I had seen some of the original footage, and I said, I'll never get what I saw or the testimonies that I heard. I'll never get it. I'll never lose that. I think some of this is too horrific to even see. And so we cut a lot of that out. I'm so grateful that we cut a lot of that out. But still, when we showed this at the embassy with 150 mostly Christian leaders, a lot of Jewish leaders, they were lined up afterwards and said, we had no idea. Now, you and I, we embrace this. We talk about this every day. But they said, we had no idea. And the reason why it's so important to keep this out there in front of you and for you to know and for you to talk about it and you be an ambassador for Israel is to understand how brutally barbaric these people were on this day. And so I want you to put your, I know your hearts are there, put your hands together as we welcome Ram and Doran to come from Israel to come up. Grab a seat, whichever, wherever you're comfortable. Thank you, sweetie. Now, these guys, go ahead and have a seat. Thanks, guys. Um, these guys have never been in a church before. And, uh, and I t uh, we were talking and I said, uh, you notice uh, we have no statues, we have no images or everything. Only, only, only religious things we have in, in our sanctuary are mezuzahs on our door. And, uh, and um, so uh, they're traveling 77 different universities with your team and, and telling this story. Uh, and it's important that we know this story and we, wherever we go, share it because we're already seeing um, the Biden administration, the UN, other governments pushing for a ceasefire. You've gone too far. And I think when we hear your story and we uh, understand that uh, it, is, it is brutality beyond what we can imagine. And... Uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys. I'll ask questions when you need it, but go ahead and share. You were there, Ram, at the Nova Music Festival, 
on October 7th. Tell us what happened. You have a, you have a mic here. Hear us? Yes? Okay. Hear us? Wow. First of all, before you start, it's like, thank you. And you're amazing, and we feel you, and you're amazing community. Um, it's really special for us to be here, so thank you so much. I want to thank you also that uh, I'm here this morning. Thank you for any each one of you. I feel very blessed to hear, be with you here. It's our honor. Morning. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, before I introduce myself, I also want to say uh, English is not my first language. I'm really going to try my best here, and I hope it will be good. Uh, so um, um, introduce myself, first of all. I'm my name is Rom, I'm, I'm from Israel, I'm living in a nice town, it's called Natania. I'm 29 years old and in my daily life I'm selling insurance and also a personal trainer. And I have a special hobby and my best hobby is to go to music festivals. And <laughs> I'm doing that almost 10 years and I'm traveling uh, all over the world, I've been in Europe, South America, and many festivals in Israel, and that's what I love to do. Just go and uh, travel in the world and uh, celebrate my life. Ben, <laughs> all right. Do you want to start with some slides that you have? Uh, yes, we can start with the first one. Okay, if you guys can bring up the slides, and maybe you, uh, Ram and Dorn, you can talk about what we're seeing here. <laughs> is that you, that Ram, is, is that yeah. you? That is me in so Germany, it was, a, it was a, a peace festival. It was uh, right on the Gaza border. We're, we're, we're very close to the Gaza border. I, I went there right after the war st started because, and I went there because so many, we're hearing so much on, on fake news. This didn't really happen. It wasn't as bad as everybody says it was. All the way to the extreme, of Israel did this themselves, or it's AI, and uh, I wanted to go over there so I could say what really happened. And I have to say the, the media did get it wrong because it was a thousand times worse than what we imagined here. So, Ram, can you uh, walk us through what what's happening here? Yeah, uh, sure. So when I say I'm going to a music festival, the uh, music festival that I go is very specific. It's um, have Psytrance music scene, and it's it's a big community in Israel, and it's uh, had a lot of peace people there. Uh, many of them hippies, uh, but I am not. But I am not hippies. Hippies. Yes, many of them, but I am not. It's important to say. Um, uh, but you can see there. Um, all the people in Israel coming to those events, you know, uh, very uh, young people, also old people, and Mizrahim, Ashkenazim, Jews and not Jews. And you can find them, you know, all, all Israel in one spot uh, celebrating life. And that is me. And in all the festivals I've been through, and this is, is, this is from Portugal, this is from Greece. And I have this one, this is Independence Day in Israel. And yeah, good picture from 
Very good times. So um, when I went there, um, I went to Kibbutz Bari and several of the other kibbutz. I went to the festival area. And they said most of the people that were living in, and you could see the Gaza border right there. I mean, it was, it was right there. In fact, the one time the, the gentleman, the head of our security, said, Pastor, would you move over here? And they had, they had told me that, you know, the houses uh, were demolished. Every house in, in every kibbutz was demolished. And they had different colored writing, Hebrew writing on the walls. And, and it said this one has been checked for bodies, this one. But this one has not been checked for body parts. And so when he said to me, um, Pastor, would you step this way? I said, am I standing somewhere where I shouldn't? And he said, no, there's still snipers out there, and you're in the line of the snipers. And, uh, and so, Ram, when, when you guys were at the festival, how did you, how did you begin to realize uh, that there was a terrorist attack? Uh, um, did you, did you, how did you first realize there was a terrorist attack, and did you realize how strong of a terrorist attack this was? So um, actually, that scene uh, I published. Um, this when I was in the music festival. It's not the Nova, but it's also I like to show that. So I mentioned what is um, music festival. Right. So it can if you can play. Uh, this is a video. It's working. Yeah. Say again. This is a video. If you yeah. Play that. Can you? Ah, it's a video. Not you? a video. Okay. 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 Ah, okay. I see. Go to the next picture, guys. Yeah. Okay, so this is five thirty a.m. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Nova Festival was supposed to be uh, from midnight until uh, five p.m. And we get inside in something like uh, two a.m. And me and my two friends we build our camp and we're walking around in the area and. I'm making a little uh, tour there in all the, that festival area, and I was very, very impressed. Uh, as I said, I'm going to music festivals 10 years around the world, and it was that music festival specifically was huge. It was amazing, and the music was very loud. There was color everywhere, and I'm walking in the middle of the dance floor, and I saw friends hugging, many people laughing. Um, people kissed, and it was heaven, you know, and the best place on the planet. And I felt free. I felt like a child again. It's a, it was a good place. In that time, it was 5.30 a.m. Um, so I'm dancing, celebrating. It was like a regular party, and... And six thirty, and I'm just looking at the sky, and the mis the music was still on, and suddenly I saw uh, tons of missiles exploding. Missiles. Missiles, yeah, many of them. 
and they were very, very close to us. My friend uh, Avishai was next to me, and I told him, oh no, they're gonna close the party. In that time, that was my only concern, because uh, you all know that that's, it's not something new, the missiles from Gaza, it's something that we already regular. It was a little bit scary, I won't lie, because we were in open space, you don't have a place to run, uh, to hide. And at that point, I saw uh, many people crying, confusing, and they don't know what to do. They don't know if it's, if it's real. And after two minutes, um, a police officer came to the DJ stage and just told everyone, uh, take your stuff, go home, the party is over. And we were okay, me and my friends, and we realized, okay, what's happened? Let's take our stuff, everyone was cool. And we go to our car. And the way to the car um, was, uh, again, uh, looking at the sky, we saw tons of missiles. It was nonstop. And so this is me and my friends. Uh, no, no, before that, I can return. Yeah, this is me and my friends. And as you can see, we're still happy. We're taking our time. Even though missiles are going off. Even the missiles, yeah. Not unusual. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine living like that? Missiles going off, not unusual. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, I know. So we, we're still taking our time. We haven't a cigarette before, taking a picture. And my friend asked me, so what's now? What, we're going to go home? Told him, no, we have all our stuff. Let's find a nice lake, be there for the rest of the day. And after that, we're going to go home. We said, okay. And at that point, we were still so naive. We didn't understand what happened. And okay, we put our stuff and start to move on. And after a few meters in our car, we're stuck in the traffic because everyone get out at the same time. And I look at the window and I suddenly I saw three police officers with their gun out. And you can see them right, gonna stand. There, there is one, there is two. Those are police officers. Police officer, yeah. They get inside to the forest with their gun out. So I thought to myself, why? There is uh, tons of missiles in the sky. What three police officers can do with a little gun? Well, it looks strange, but okay. And after two minutes, we're still um, standing in our same spot. And I saw a red car coming from the right side and just crushed in three cars that was before us and stuck in the side. I thought to, I thought to myself, wow, maybe the driver was drunk, maybe he had a panic attack, maybe it was confusing, I don't know. Um, but uh, one of the people who been in the area came, opened the driver door, and I saw a woman falling to the floor and all our body was full of blood. And the person who opened the door just started to scream there, she was shot, she was shot, please someone, she was shot. So at that point we realized, okay, there is a strange situation there. We didn't, don't wanna believe that actually happened, but in that time it was looked strange and my friend Avishai, he was the driver, um, also wanna come down and try to help her told him, no, you're going to stay here with us. There was too many uh, people with her. 
Uh, we don't, we're, not, we're not a doctor, we have nothing to do. This is our chance. Let's take the right side, uh, go in, inside the road and just get us out of here. So we saw in the videos, and this is what you're, uh, you're describing, we saw in the video that we showed at the embassy that Hamas was just standing on the road uh, everywhere but on the road and just killing everyone that came by. So the Nova Festival area, it was next to Kibbutz Re'im. It's really next to the border. And like you said before, and Imram said before, we used to it, you know, we live uh, our life uh, next to the border with missiles. It's sad to say, but it's, this is our reality. And there is so many party in this area, in the north, in the south, so it's really like n not something special. Uh, so yeah, so this uh, Hamas terrorist uh, just go into the um, Nova Festival area, wait on the road, like, you know, when people go out, it's like, it was like 4,000 people just in the party. It's like a huge party. So just imagine, like, all the people run out with the cars stuck in the traffic. So the first people they left the party murdered first because Hamas terrorists wait for them. Uh, and people like Rome, it's like he had like more to, to say, of course, but uh, survive because they took like, you know, decision. They don't know in the same time it's gonna, you know, save them life. Uh, but yeah, yeah. that's what's happened. Uh, we took our time and didn't get panic and just run away. And first, that's a decision to save our life. So when you started, when you saw this lady crashed and she got out, she'd been shot. Did you then start hearing gunfire going off? When did you start uh, realizing that this was, and at first we talked in the back, you said you thought, well, we're used to small terrorists, you know, two or three people or whatever, but it ended up being 3,000 terrorists. When did you start realizing uh, how serious this was and what did you do? What did you and all your friends do? Yeah, so also after uh, the situation with the girl, in the red car, um, we still didn't believe. We don't want to believe. And as I said, my friend um, take us into the road and we continue. And after a few meters, we're stuck in the traffic again. And in that time, um, a security guy stand in the middle of the road and just scream to everyone, get out of the car and run. So that's what we did. And we left our car and it was still on the road. Did you realize what was happening? No, at no, this we time? still didn't realize. We don't know why, but right. we said we did what, like he said. So in that point, we're running uh, into the forest with the only thing that we have in our pockets, and we try to hide. We still don't know from what and from who. And um, after a few minutes, we get outside from a hiding spot and. And try to have a conversation with people. Maybe they know something. And but I, I want to remind you, it's a music festival. People there get high. People get drunk. So, and you can't able to connect with people in that time. And everyone was so confusing, so scary. And and no one know what's happened. So at that time we tried to okay, let's go to our bar, to our car again. Let's go home and. Again, we're seeing that uh, security guy, and he asked us 
if our car is behind them or before him. We told him it's behind you. So we told us, okay, so you uh, can go to your car today. We told him why. So he told us in like sarcasm, which, which terrorists do you want to meet? Those who come from the north or those who come from the south? So we look at them, okay, what we should do? Run for your life. So we see in this picture, you guys are hiding. Uh, I know exactly where this is. Uh, you guys are hiding under the bush, but you don't realize what's happening to a large degree. You don't realize how serious this is. When did you start realizing, yeah. and we can go to another picture if we can, when did you start realizing uh, how serious this was? So um, after uh, we get inside the forest again, try to think what now, uh, we start to heard a lot of um, shotguns all over the area. And it was very, very strong. And it was uh, a big open space. So we don't have a good uh, places to hide. So I found the two cars and I told my friend, okay, let's sit over there and let's look the safety. And it was nonstop. It was yeah. all the area. We didn't see the terrorists in our eyes. So we don't know from where it come from. In that time, it's all, uh, all that event starts in the news. I, have, I, I received a lot of phone calls from my friends and that know that I'm there. And I get another phone call from my mom. And I remember I saw that. Uh, so your mom is hearing about this on the news. On the news, yeah. While you guys are hiding yeah. in these orchards and in, in, in the woods. Yeah. So I get my. Uh, saw my, my mom's name on the phone, and I'm thinking for myself, I should answer, I should not answer, I should not answer, because I really don't, I really want to be focused right now. And when you're in the middle of a terror attack, you don't want to speak with your mom. Yeah. That, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I decided, okay, I, I will gonna answer, because she might be, think, I'm dead or something. So I answer, and I just like, hey mom, how's it going? And she started yelling at me, where are you? What's happened? Why are you not coming back home? So I told her, mom, don't worry. I'm with the military with me right now. I'm in a safe place. And there is a lot of people with me right now. And soon that event's going to be end. And I will be back home. Don't worry. And when I spoke with her, many bullets would fly over my head. Mm. I was alone, just me and my two friends in a big open space. So and now you realize this yeah, is, not, this is not a joke. Yeah. And I had to lie to my mom because I don't want to make her concerned and really just to be focused, save myself. You know, she worried, Jewish mother. <laughs> and uh, in that time, we um, tried to run, save ourselves. So we're hiding between trees, between cars, you know, it's. Uh, if, as you can see in the pictures, it's a, it's not big forest like you have here in the yeah. U.S. Small uh, trees, low bushes, and it was very extremely hot in that day. And um, I saw a big I saw a big um, a big tree, and uh, for me it was looked safe, so we're sitting there. And we, the gunfire was nonstop. It was nonstop. It was nonstop. And I thought to my how close uh, was this gunfire to you, Ram? Many of them, was, as I said, fly over my head. 
Yeah. Uh, Were they I shooting at you or just shooting around? Or? All around. All yeah. around, yeah. And some of the um, bullets. Go to the next picture. Uh, for, for the um, back picture, I want to show you something. Go back. Guys, yeah, sorry. Can you guys go back? Yeah, yeah so um, we're hiding in a big tree, and there, there was gunfire everywhere. And we thought, okay, the IDF is here, and there is a gunfire between the Hamas and uh, the IDF. The IDF is going to win, and we're going to go out. And that's it, we're going to go home. But after a few minutes, we realized that we were wrong because uh, as a former soldier, I know how to recognize a weapon just by their sound. Mm -hmm. And the idea of using an M16, the Hamas using a Kalachnikov, and we heard the Kalachnikov all the time. It was nonstop. And so we realized, okay, we are alone here. And after a few minutes, I heard uh, someone die next to me. No, it was a sound like um, his last breath, like his soul was come out of his body. This, this is the person next to you? It was a hiding spot next to me. Okay. Uh, not they, with they me. Get, yeah. They got hit by a By a bullet, yeah. And after I heard him die, I heard a lot of uh, celebration screams. Allah Akbar, and shootguns was all over the area, and they were happy, you know, with, like a birthday party. Yeah. So let me let me stamp you right there because I think that's important to share. It was like a birthday party. It was like them. a celebration. Yeah. Um, one of the ladies that I talked to over there um, that lost a lot of friends and family, and some were actually kidnapped. She said the horrific things we saw will never leave our minds, but I think the most horrific thing was the celebration of these butchers in while they're killing the young people, while they're raping women, while they're murdering babies, the celebration of joy. We showed here and we showed in the embassy a phone call of this one Hamas terrorist. I saw, I first saw it when I was over there and mom, I killed dad. I killed, I killed 10 Jews. Their blood is on my hands. I'm on her phone. And so you, Here's this person dies, and you can hear them celebrating. Yeah. And, and it's important to say, uh, you can continue after, um, there is, like, main uh, free men, like, uh, army bases in the, in the area, and, like, main uh, police station in Zderot. It's, like, city next to, in the south, next to Reim. Um, in, in this point, like, we don't understand what's happened, me and at home and, of course, roaming the party, but the bases... And the police station was under attack. They murder people in the bases. They know exactly where to go. So it was the bases, the police station, the party area, and the kibbutzim. So, you know, people wait for the army, for the police. And it was like many police, brave women and men and brave soldiers. But they have like, uh, you know, deal with other situation and this time. Um, so it was... Uh, really um, huge chaos um, and like in so many locations. And, and nobody at first really realized the size of the attack. Well, when I was over there, I, I gave blood at Mogam Davida Dome. I just felt like I wanted to give blood for victims and, and 
And he told me that when they first started hearing it, Ram, just like you were saying, we thought, okay, we're used to this. You know, maybe there's three or four people in there, not 3,000 or 3,000 plus. And so they sent some police and military in, but they were outnumbered so bad. And they sent Moganda Vida Dome, sent ambulances there. They got ambushed because nobody realized how large of an attack yeah, this was. Exactly. It was like everywhere and uh, in different locations, as I said. And, you know, a lot of friends of mine just, you know, jump from the bed at 6.30. They not understand, but like, like I say, they need us in the south. Before they, you know, the army, you know, it's called Tzav Shmone in, in Hebrew, Miluim, reserve duty. Before even like somebody called them, they just jump and drive with private cars to this area and like fight like a lion and... and they amazing and brave, and I lost uh, so many friends in uh, this morning. Um, but yeah, but like you said, like Magenda Vida Dome, some of like the ambulance, it's like um, um, uh, like um, how you say like uh, proof, like it's it's safe, uh, bulletproof. Thank you, uh, and most of them know. So um, so it was like really yeah. huge event. We don't understand how it's was big until like, you know. And, and Ram, I'm gonna after. ask you a question here, but I wanna throw this in because one of the things we see in the media all the time is these poor civilians in Gaza. And one of the shocking things that I learned is that the first wave that came in and attacked the music concert and attacked the uh, uh, kibbutz, the different kibbutz, were Hamas soldiers. The second wave, that came in that were just as brutal and just as savage were just civilians. Yeah. And they came in and did the same thing. Yeah. We can see in the video, uh, like, the, like you say exactly, uh, the second wave uh, come just like for still like TV um, and, and like uh, jewelry and, and really crazy stuff. Um, and I think they just want to, to kill, to murder, to do it like brutally, to celebrate after. You know, all my, my friends, all the women in, in the audience, you can understand, like, they, they rape the women, they, they cut heads, they did, like, things I can't even imagine in my head. Um, so, so, yeah, it was like uh, Hamas terrorists and, like, the civilians, people from Gaza. And if you hear, like, me ashamed, just... And now we find out UNRWA, UNRWA yes. workers from the UN... Yeah were a big part of this attack. They yeah. were in on the attack. Yes. And now they're out there yesterday and today trying to raise more funds for UNRWA. Yeah. yeah. I'm not talking political, but just really say um, they have, like, goal, and the goal uh, was to murder as many civilian, many Israelis, Jews, non-Jews, children, elderly. Uh, and we talked before... And the people that live in this kibbutzim, I'm sure you know, but I just uh, say it uh, loud, they peace people. They just want to live in peace. They create all the group, like the woman the, with Gaza. They took, like, civilian from Gaza to hospital in Israel. Um, and they murdered first. It's one amazing lady. His name is Vivian Silvan. She I, create, saw her, I saw her house. Yeah. Yes, uh, in Be'eri. She created uh, the woman group, uh, Israel and, and Gaza woman, and she murdered first. She is the first 
women that murder in kibbutz Be'eri. So, you know, they don't have like mercy for no one. Yeah. No one. I don't know if you can uh, totally understand what Doran is saying, but um, this whole community, they, they, when I went there, they said they were kind of known as peaceniks in that they were just for peace and they would help the people from Gaza. I think 30,000 would come in from Gaza to work in the kibbutz. And these people, this lady you're talking about, I saw her home, it's destroyed, and her husband was killed. Um, they would go to the border and pick up uh, Palestinian children, take them to Jerusalem for hospital trips. They were just, they wanted peace, and she was the first one that was killed, and, and a lot of these people that were coming in uh, every day, and they were giving them jobs, and they, they treated them like, the Jewish people treated them like family. They were drawing maps of where the, where the uh, nurses would be, where the children would be, so they knew where to attack. Uh, Ram, let me ask you a question, um, and I know we talked in the back that we wouldn't get real graphic, but let me ask you, n number one, how many hours did you, you and your friends have to hide? And can you share, without being over graphic, and we don't want to upset you, um, what you saw going on around you? I know you saw the one person die and they're yelling Allah Akbar and celebrating. How, how long did you hide? This didn't happen in 30 minutes. And what did you see uh, that happened there? So the missile starts in something like uh, 6.30. So that's the time everything starts. And we found, we found uh, a police officer. And it was something like uh, 2.30 p.m. And it was something like between uh, eight to nine hours. And we just uh, moving, but we try always not to run. Uh, always uh, walk in low places, uh, hide when, where we can, inside uh, very big trees and bushes. Um, and it was very hot that day, mm. very hot, and we don't have nothing to drink, nothing to eat. And it was very hard at that time, and we walked something like uh, six kilometers. And I saw also... Um, uh, so we saw also, um, you know, we walked by in the area and we saw abandoned cars with a lot of uh, shotgun bullets all over the car. And we decided, okay, let's let's break in. Let's find something to drink. In, in that time, you lose all your shame. You do all the things that you can do and just to survive. And we found a uh, big mango juice. Very warm mango yeah. juice, yeah. But yeah. it was uh, good that time. And we still continue going. And, and eventually we saw a big uh, greenhouses. And we thought, okay, maybe it's a good idea to be there. And so we walk for something like a half an hour. And we're walking between um, bullets. We're walking between um, very dark smoke. And it was boring all over the area. And... When we get inside into the greenhouses, it was full of uh, red pepper. So we just said with everything we saw. Yeah. And it was uh, dirty, it was not fresh, but it's finally something to drink. And my friend next to me tried to break a water pipe with teeth. Um, 
We thought, okay, maybe it's a good place to stay until someone uh, finds us. But after something like 20 minutes, it was extremely hot in uh, the greenhouse. And we know if we're going to stay there, we're going to die from heat. So we decided, okay, let's go out, even that we know there is a terrorist all over the area. So after a few meters, uh, we've been seven people in that point. And me and my friend walk in the middle, two other guys walk uh, before us, and three other guys uh, walk behind us, and we open like a big distance between us. And I saw a big tree, and I told my friend Avishai, okay, let's walk behind the tree. It looks safety, because we can't see what is over the tree, but also the people over the tree can see us. So we walk there, and the, the two people that was before us start running. And after the running, I heard um, a big scream of shwaye, shwaye, shwaye. That, that's in Arabic, it's mean like, stop, stop, stop. With that point, my friend uh, grabbed me in the chest. We're frozen in our spots. And I just uh, said goodbye for the world. I realized that they're here. That's it, they found us. And they're going to kill us all. That's it, it's over. Uh, but after a few seconds, um, one of the two guys that ran away came back, saw us, and told us everything is okay, come. And I saw a police officer uh, arrested three Arabic people, and he would just he wanted to check them IDs to know what they're here for, and they were farmers that work in the area, and. We told them, we are from the festival, please help us, get us out of here. And I don't know, call it a miracle, call it a coincidence, call it as you want, but um, at that point we've been uh, seven guys and he had a miracle with exactly seven spots. Yeah, it felt like he was waiting for us there. So um, we get us out of the car, he get us out in, uh, from the area and we try to text to the people that we know that's still in the fields. Um, one of the guys next to me texts to his friends that get shot in his leg and, and try to have a conversation with him to make sure that he's still alive. And I saw all that next to me. Mm. He's still alive, uh, I'm glad to say. And from that point, the, um, the police officer take us to a nice village, it's called Maslul very small, and that village still not occupied by the Hamas. It was uh, in the area. And when they get inside to the, to the village, uh, all the people came and just opened their house, give us water, give us food. And it was very religion, uh, a village, and it was Shabbat. So a very religion, uh, Jewish people came with their cell phone and begging us, please call someone, please come to my house, use electricity, do whatever you want, just feel comfortable. Yeah. So I never forget those people, and it makes me feel proud at that point to be an Israeli, to be a Jew, and it's show me how us uh, can be help to be good to each other in hard times, no matter who you are, where you come from, what is your religion, if you're Mizrahi, Ashkenazi, people just want to help yeah. with yeah. not asking questions. Uh, 
so yeah, that was a very exciting moment. You know, uh, just to emphasize a point on that, when uh, they picked me up at the airport when I went over there, and they were driving me up to Jerusalem, uh, my driver said, on October 6th, Israel was not a great nation. And I said, explain that. And he said, we fought about this, we fought about this, we fought religious, we fought secular, we fought politically. He said, on October 7th, we became a great nation because it didn't matter. We were one nation and standing together. Exactly. And I thought that was amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. Uh, before, it was like, uh, it, it feel different. Um, uh, people fight each other. Uh, and it, it feel like we different groups. But as you say, exactly, after, uh, unfortunately, what's happened, we are one big family. And you are included uh, to our hearts, Man. and Man. you are our family. You always welcome, and we feel always welcome here. So it's just a beautiful, and now we strong, uh, and we are together. Um, but yeah, but we still this this picture. I I can't even look. It's like makes me cry. I try to do my best, but we still have people into Gaza. We still have hostages in Gaza. Women, our like sisters, they our sisters, and you can just imagine what's happened inside the the tunnel. I just you know I think every morning. Um, we just talked about it before. There is one amazing lady. My name is Doron, and it's it's another amazing lady. She, she her name is Doron too, and she's still in Gaza. And I think every day, what is if it happened to me? Um, if she have something to drink, something to eat, if somebody rape her today, I, I can't, I can't even think about it. And we have like babies, we have elderly, 136 people still there, and we need, we need them back home. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now. Amen. And you know, I think, I think one of the things that upsets me the most is we hear, and I know you don't want to get political, so I will, um, <laughs> is uh, we hear the Biden administration, we hear the UN, we hear others uh, shouting that Israel's gone too far, you need to pull out, et cetera. But we don't hear anything about the condition of, okay, we want you to back off, but then we don't hear anything about the hostages that are still there. And that, that, that baffles me. Um, when, I, when I went to Israel, uh, right when the war started, uh, I, I didn't really know why I was supposed to go. I just wanted to document what had happened because it was worse than what we were seeing. Um, but what touched me the most was the appreciation of every Jewish person, whether I was getting on the plane in, in New York or when I was over there, uh, because all they were hearing was the demonstrations in Australia and England, America, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel. To you guys, how important is it to hear, uh, the, and I said this everywhere I went, all those demonstrations, they're the loud minority. We're unfortunately been the silent majority, but we're trying to rally people to speak up and let the world know we're standing with Israel. How important is that to know First that? Of all, thank you. Um, 
I can start and you, you can uh, share more about your experience, like first time in US, first time uh, meeting like student, meeting like uh, uh, pro-Israeli uh, groups. I think for me, um, I worked for Duke for uh, almost two years, just to return to Israel actually in last September, you know, supposed to start new life, move to Tel Aviv, start a new job in October 8th, actually. It was really interesting uh, date now. Um, but really, I feel so proud, and we try to do like proud and loud Jewish warm again David, wear kippah, like walk, yeah, like with the hands up and and like really be proud because we don't do nothing. We just you know want to live our life together. Amen. Um, so I think you know feel your support and feel uh, the student in the college campuses. They have like fight every day, and we know it's hard. And our program, me and, and my friend, they created, and I joined them. It's called Faces of October 7. It's been like show the faces, the real faces to you, to, to people, uh, to students, um, and just like, you know, be together. And it's like, you know, it's our destiny. Um, and just, you know, be proud and loud and, and Live the life, like, so simple life. We don't need, like, much. Uh, and I think for you it was, like, shocked in the beginning, but it's so many uh, amazing people we met. Yeah, so um, that's the first time I'm in the U.S. And I'm very afraid to be here after what I've been through. And I felt my English is not so good. And they didn't know if the, the message going to pass. And that's the first uh, time that m opportunity for me uh, to know um, Jewish and students around the world, all the communities. And it's looked different, but um, I'm very far from Israel, very far away from my home. But for everywhere I go, um, I feel like it's my house. I felt big love. I'm a safe place, and, and that we're a very big family. And also, I thought, okay, they're Jewish American, they live far, they know they don't have, don't feel that problem like we have. But um, after we, I spoke with them, and they uh, try to describe how difficult it's for them also, mm -hmm. because uh, they live far away, they have families, friends in Israel. And their friends suddenly become pro-Palestines, and they're and they have very afraid about what happened. They want to help, and the next day they need to go to a math class. So it's 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 harder to do those switches. It, it's not something like we have our country stop, and we all together in that thing. Um, so my mission was come to give them improvement uh, of what happened. Uh, they have the right to hear from someone who actually been there. Yes. And the feedbacks and the love that they get after that, that they n know for the first time what is to be a Jewish, what that's meaning to be a pro-Israeli. They, they got their Jewish proud again. Uh, so that's make me feel more uh, so emotional right now. <laughs> and it makes me feel proud and... As a Jewish nation, we always know how to uh, be combined together in hard times. It's from Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's here again. The history has come back all the time. 
So we try our best, and I hope I've succeeded. Yeah, um, we kind of addressed this, but I, I want to address it with you guys. They're the loud, the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian, they're the loud minority. And what we're trying to do is rally people to be the loud majority. And we're actually working on trying to get a huge gathering in D.C. But um, how shocking is it for you guys? You went through it. You, you see it at the university level. To see this anti-Semitism being so in your face, uh, where... Where did this come from? How did this happen? What, what do you feel like as a Jew about this? Uh, for me, it's not surprised me because I work in this field many years, so I know what's happened in college campuses, so it's not surprised me. It, was, it wasn't a surprise? No. Wow, no. wow. Um, it's like, it gets bigger and bigger now, but it's, it's um, I feel, okay, it it's, can happen. But when people say, like, free Palestine, we ask them to add, like, from Hamas. They need to understand it's like terror organization. They, not uh, nice people, if uh, my, it's in my language, but really, they need to understand. And, you know, for, for students, they just, you know, pro-Israelis and, and, and people like you, I know it's hard for you too, and, and I'm, I'm sure you have like friends or like people in your neighborhood, they don't, don't uh, uh, like the situation you, go with Magen David, with the flag and everything, but you're still doing it. And first of all, thank you. Like, we feel you in Israel, we feel you here, and thank you for your support. It's, it's amazing. And, and I think after this, me and Rome gonna call to our families and friends and say, wow, listen, this is an amazing community here. They support us 100%. Amen. Um, so, yes, first of all, thank you. I think... Um, our goal is just, you know, Rome needs to share the story, and you need to tell Rome's story with your friends, with your families, and the same, like, the student need like share the story with more, more people. Um, and I hope, you know, the, the, the good people win. I don't know how to say it, but just, you know, um, we still, like, have, I still have, like, hope uh, and I hope, like, you know, we grow up from this situation and, and like, we need, like, just be strong and stay together. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, also, uh, I get a lot of questions, like, okay, so I'm here. Um, you know, I ask you myself also <laughs> uh, sometimes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm, I have a nice story. Okay, so I need to come to the U.S. and share it. And um, my goal is, first of all, uh, to give you the right to hear from someone who actually been there, and to give you a proof what actually been there. Yes. And to remind uh, to everyone, because if we remind that thing, it will never happen again. And yes, amen. Never again, again. Yes. And I can tell you that it's my second tour here. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy um, to tell the story again and again. To show those photos again and again, it's make me feel back to yeah. the same day. Yeah. And when I'm talking about it, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's hard. 
but the, the after that, and the hug, the love, the, um, the eyes. Uh, I get a lot of love and I feel very good, I feel safe. And we need to make sure that thing always, again, will never happen again because yeah. it's not, a th I feel it's not a threat just for Israel, not a threat just uh, Judaism, not a threat um, of the people, the crazy people in the Middle East. Yeah. Very people here feel that, okay, we're very far, it's not our problem. But it's a threat of all the people who believe in free life. Right. It's a threat of people who want to raise children, yeah. a threat of people who try to build a community, a threat of people who believe in love, in music. Yeah. yeah. And we're here to make sure that thing will never happen again. This is our responsibility. That's why I'm walking the campuses because they're our future. Yeah. Right. And before I end, I want to. There's one thing I know for sure, and it's a promise. We will gonna dance again, and this will gonna be very, very soon. That's right. Amen. Amen. I want to leave this with you guys. We're going to, I'm going to be in Israel in uh, a couple weeks. And uh, one of the things that we're going to do, I, I met um, down where the, uh, the uh, festival was and where many of the kibbutz were. I met with a couple mayors there. And we talked about partnering with them to rebuild that area and help them rebuild that area. And we work with uh, Karen Hezot uh, continually. I'm, I'm on the phone almost every day with Karen Hezot. Uh, and one of the things that um, we haven't let let any of you know yet, but uh, we'll let we'll get more when we get back, is I'm meet with the mayor and we're talking about building right there by the music festival a hospital that will not not the normal hospital but the hospital that will especially for children but all survivors that are going through uh, post traumatic stress syndrome and uh, to, to help treat them and uh, so this is a this is a project that so when 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 if you're watching and you're saying you know last year you you were able just to Karen Hezot not the other things we do in Israel you were able to give over two million dollars but we've got they need they need help more now than than ever before and so one of the projects we already volunteered you to do, uh, to be a part of, is to build this, because I don't think people can truly, we talk to uh, doctors and, and psychiatrists and sociologists in Tel Aviv, and they said of all the wars they've ever seen, they've never seen brutality like this. And the people that survived, uh, I hope this is okay to say around, we, we tried to do this a, a couple months ago, and the the people that survived they they had to go back home because the stress was just too hard on them uh to remember and uh and uh uh 
we have a good friend, all of you know, uh, Sam Grunwerk, he's the head of Karen Hazard, and he's been, you know, he's in his four, late 40s or whatever, called back to active duty. His job is going to homes to tell parents. And they said, you know, I think what a lot of people know, but they don't realize how small Israel is. So uh, it's not like uh, somebody in New York, you know, and somebody's in Cal. And so uh, when they go to knock on a door on a soldier or something, they two guys are in uniform in the car, and they have a, a, a woman in civilian clothes. That... Uh, gets out and makes sure the address is right. Because as soon as they see the soldiers, they know what's happened. And so this is a country that is full of people, young and old, that have gone through trauma like we can't understand. I, I, I stood there, I saw the masses amount of blood and the bullets and heard the stories, and uh, so um, we want you guys to know that we will stand with you, and not only here, but all of our partners around the world, we will stand with you, we will speak up for you, we will fight for you, and we will say, tell every politician and every religious leader and every business leader, we will not let this happen again, never again. <laughs> Never again. Amen. Amen. Anything you want to share in going? Um, one, sorry, I'm so emotional today. Like every day. Um, really, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's really uh, special for us to be here. First time in church, actually. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not like first time like, like do this uh, presentation and, and talking. Um, and it just, you know, makes me feel better, you know, every, every morning it's, it's hard for me, you know, open the news and, you know, check the WhatsApp group and see, like, if my friends, they safe. This is our reality. It's really hard. And be here with you, uh, hear you. You're amazing and you have amazing family and amazing community. So it just, uh, makes me happy and, and give me hope. Yes. Amen. Rob, you want to say anything? Sure, I also want to say thank you again. All of you come and give their time and hear that story. And I really don't know there is places like here, here in the U.S., especially, especially a church. You know, I came here and I saw all the flag. I wasn't shocked. I mean, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ready grateful and I feel blessed to be with you uh, here this morning and you don't know how much I appreciate that and this day is going to be published all over the country and I will mention you in any conversation that I can and I'm looking forward to meet you all in the good reasons next time. Amen. Yeah, It will be soon. I promise. Thank you. Let me end with this. Um, we're celebrating Black History Month, obviously, and Nancy sent me this quote by Martin Luther King, and I thought this is the perfect time to say it. Martin Luther King said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, 
but the silence of our friends. And so we say to you, we will not be silent. You have millions of friends around the world that are standing with you and against anti. If you'll stand with Israel, would you stand to your feet and give them a great big clap offering of appreciation. Great job. That was a great job. That was a great job. Great job. Great job. Amen. You know, um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share this. Uh, Doran said Doran is an unusual name. And, and the, the family that we met, Aviv and Raz and Doran, which we ended up interviewing. I don't know if you all know the story. I was over there and I saw all the hostages. And of course, my granddaughter is Aviva. And uh, we saw little two-year-old Aviv. We saw four-year-old Raz and their mother, Doran, were captives. And so I called back and I said, well, I want to put this on our television program. We need to emphasize, because I was so upset hearing some of the news saying these prisoners of war. A two-year-old is not a prisoner of war. That is, that is such, you know, uh, you know uh, the Bible says call no man a fool. You've got to be an idiot to say something like that. I didn't say fool. I didn't say fool. I'm being very biblical. You've got to be an idiot to try to sell me on the fact that a two-year-old and a four-year-old or some Holocaust survivor at 89 years old is a prisoner of war. Prisoners of war are soldiers. These are captive civilians, and there's 136 still there. We know that many of them are not, unfortunately, with us. And, and, and so we, we ended up meeting Doran's sister, and Aviv and Raz and Doran were the first ones to come out. And I've shared this story, but I want to brag on you. When we were over there right before, and we were meeting with the military, and I asked the... Uh, the, the commander of the military, very it's like the Green Beret of, of uh, special services of Israel. They're very elite. They told us not even politicians get to go on this base. And I was so impressed with their dedication, 18, 19, 20-year-old young men, their dedication to their nation. And so as they're talking, I said to the commander, what can we, what can we do to help? You know, because the Bible says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, but look for a place, look for a place to do, be a blessing, to do a mitzvah. And, uh, and he said, God forbid, if we go to war, our mobile ICU units, our ambulances uh, are, are not, they won't survive. And we buy at least one every year for Mogan Vida Dome. That's the Israeli Red Cross. I think we've bought 12 for them right now. And I said, we'll buy one of these. When we, when the, and he said, God forbid if, the war, if we ever have a war. And little did we know. And we went there, and uh, the war started, and the, the, our ambulance had just been equipped, finished. They didn't even have time to put the sign on it. And he said, tomorrow this is going into Gaza. And when we got back, we got a call. And, and I said to, and I'm going to meet with Aviv and Raz when we go over there in three weeks. I'm going to get to hold them on my lap. And uh, I said, someday, I said, soon we're going to come back. They're going to get out. God does miracles. I'm going to hold them. And they said, well, we hope so. And they, to be honest, they didn't have any hope because they saw what you just went through. They saw 1,400 people get butchered in one day. And, uh, and we found out that our ambulance was in Egypt. 
picking up Aviv, Raz, and Doran and brought them home. May the next Doran come home very, very soon also. Amen. Give them a great big hand again. We're gonna we're gonna take a picture. Family, come up, come up with me. This is uh, this is a sign of of the the festival of peace. Got it backwards. Of course I do. Hey, I can't be good looking and smart. Come in. We'll come in middle. Come in middle. Dorn, come in middle here. All you girls, I'll, Luke, stand in the back with the tall guy. Get a picture of this. And the reason I'm taking a picture of this is we're saying when people are trying to live in peace in Israel, this will never happen again because God is almighty God. Amen. Give them a great big hand. Aren't you glad they came? Thank you, guys. Amen.